Hey witches, it's Adam Knox. I'm your host for another great episode of The Cult. And today we're going to be talking about angels, demons, spirits, and the self. Do they exist in all of these categories or are they simply mental hallucinations? Let's get into it. Firstly, a little bit of updates, intros, and how are you doing? So before we get into the content for today, I want to I want to just say to you that we are I am very excited for the launch of the cult on the 5th of November. So we're a little bit over a week away from that events from that experience. So if you are signing up for that, I am looking forward to having you on the inside of that program. And even if you're not, um, I have some really good news. I have been hard at work speaking to some absolutely brilliant minds and getting them on board, you know, for some interviews, some conversation and some really exciting things going forward. And in that we have the likes of J.S. Gareth, who's going to be talking about some brilliant things in terms of ritual magic, blood magic, all those interesting things. Bill Duvendeck from the Temple of Ascending Flame and some of his brilliant insights in terms of astrology and magic. D.H. Thorne, as some of you may know him from Becoming a Maelstrom, as well as Kelly, Awaken Your Inner Witch, an absolutely an amazing mind, a brilliant businesswoman and witch who runs her podcast, also Awaken Your Inner Witch, something definitely to go check out if you get a gap. Just to name a few of the amazing minds that are coming on. You've already listened to the interview with Tony Wake, the Mind Walker. Some more exciting stuff coming from him, as well as some other big names, including Thomas Carlson and many others, Edgar Kerval. So lots of exciting things that's going to be coming at you in these coming weeks. So keep an eye on that. And those first set of interviews will be dropping very soon, right after or right in a correlation with the launch. So um, make sure you subscribe, you follow us specifically on Spotify or any of the other channels you follow the Instagram page you know the cult of you find us and make sure that you're following us as well as on Facebook and pop us an email at info at the if there's any kind of questions or suggestions of things that you'd like to see on the show or topics that you'd like to see me discuss but enough of that let's get into today's conversation Okay, so one of the questions that I think a lot of us face and a lot of the challenges um, that that are experienced there is 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 it real? <laughs> you know, is am I am I am I seeing spiritual beings? Am I making contact, or is it all in my head? Um, and this is this is quite an interesting philosophy or debate to have amongst magicians, magicians, which is atheists, spiritualists, practitioners, because everyone not only has their own point of view around this, but they're very passionate around their point of view, and. I'd like to address this subject quite holistically, and I'd like to look at some psychological thinking to begin around this field. Now, firstly, the model that I'd like to reference your attention to is the work of Ken Wilber in Integral uh, Thinking. Ken Wilber presents a developmental model that is very deeply connected to the Buddhistic view of the chakras and also human development. And in fact, it's not just limited to this. His work has studied over a hundred different personal developmental systems. And like Joseph Campbell finding patterns in storytelling, Ken Wilbur has found many brilliant patterns inside of these systems. And if you have the time and the patience to really work through his material to get a good understanding with the insane breadth of information that he brings, it's definitely a recommended piece. But one of the misconceptions that I think 
think people find when they look at this work is if we look at the developmental stages past the infantile, shall we say, almost anal developmental stage, the discovering of your mouth and your and your kind of bodily functions, so to speak, it moves into the mythic and then magical phase. And then from there on, it progresses into these the pluralistic and eventually the integral and then the full, fully integral stages. And essentially how the how the precept and the presupposition or how many people seem to interpretate this work is that these are these developmental stages. There's a mythical magical stage where I see these things as real and I have wish fulfillment and I have all these things, but then I kind of grow up and I start seeing them purely as um, archetypes and purely as symbolic. And then I start looking more at everything is one and everything is me and everything is a fundamental thing. So this is true. There is a fundamental progression inside of our development, but here are the things that people do not seem to recognize from this model. And I'm not saying this is Ken's exact model, but this is what my experience and what my work with other practitioners and my many years of research, you know, which is going 20 plus years, both in fields of psychology, spiritual development, and deep direct occult initiations into various orders has shown me and has been true for myself and true for many other practitioners. And that is that, and this is something that Ken also talks about, how certain people, and we all see this, there's that spiritual guru um, <laughs> that uh, I'm laughing because J.S. Gareth and I have a real kind of crack at that. So, you know, do look out for that interview. Um, but where this individual has this one dimension of themselves, you know, if we look at the planetary aspects of the being, they have the, maybe their solar self that's gone through those stages. You know, it's gone through the mythic, gone through the magical, moved into the pluralistic, moved all the way into the purely integral at the very top kind of a thing. The seven chakra, the highest sphere of development, so to speak. And they are able to spout off profound wisdom. There's just something that's charismatic, that's beautiful and powerful about these leaders and these ideas and these individuals, you know, whether it's an underground cult or it's a negative cult or a positive cult or a religious movement or a political movement. But then when un under a careful scrutiny, you may find that these people have other dimensions, other aspects of their planetary dimensions that are not developed at all or are still at a mythic level or at a lower level in terms of their development. Now, the thing to keep in mind here is that that's when you see that individual that may be very enlightened in the one area and he's very, he or she is very sexist or very racist or very, you know, whatever other is you want to throw at them. In other words, there's different dimensions of themselves that's almost completely blind and this is still being justified or embedded inside of their teaching. This is something that many of us are, you know, again, if you if you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, that's, you know, those people, that's not me, then chances are, and as much as I hated hearing this, then you're slightly guilty of that, too, because the fact that you're you're kind of projecting, you know, says something and it's something that we should be aware of in our own developmental models. Now, the thing that's not touched on inside of those kind of developmental models is the fact that every component when I talk about the process of maturity, that every single dimension, if I look at the Goisha, if I look at the Shema Mephiras, if I look at the planetary magical processes, if I look at any of these, that these things are fundamental truths or fundamental forces of the collective unconscious or super unconscious that exist within each and every one of us. The gateway to spirit is through me and you. 
It is through self-transformation that we access these higher states of consciousness and these higher beings that are within that. This is part and parcel of the reason why a neophyte doesn't achieve the same results or the same level of intimate contact as an adept does, simply because that neophyte hasn't even unlocked or recognized the psychological correspondence, you know, as below, so above, within themselves that relate to these entities. As such, they can never make the threshold. It's kind of like you're sitting in a bar or a cafe or even in a business meeting and there's a group of people you can correlate with and start a conversation with like that. But then there's the other group that you want to start a conversation and you just don't know what to say. And that's because maybe you just don't have anything in common with them. You're not at a vibrational resonance with those people. And you can see them and they can see you, but there's a barrier between you. And the reason that barrier exists is because there is no psychic rapport. In other words, there's not enough likeness between the two of you in order to facilitate a relationship. Remember, the key to rapport and the key to relationship is, is that. It's people, as Tony Robbins says, people that like each other are like each other. And that's just it. So as we cultivate this relationship with these higher archetypes or various forces within ourselves, that's part and parcel of what goes into the establishment of these deeper relationships. But now the thing to recognize is the various stages in those development, because I believe there can be a miss. In other words, I think that you can, and this is a common practice, if we look at this chakra developmental point of view that's being presented, and um, from a magic point of view, I don't think that it is accurate. I don't think, and I don't believe, and my experience tells me, and many others, that it's just not the case. That it's not necessarily that we are developing from the bottom up. In fact, many spiritual practitioners tend to develop only from the top and fail to develop the bottom. And in fact, this is part of what causes a lot of those imbalances. And I feel this is what echoes and speaks more accurately to what is being referenced in those individuals that might have that higher enlightenment moment, but then they have all these messed up things. You know, they still can't pay their rent. You know, they still can't, um, you know, find what they want in terms of relationships or influence or social. You know, there's just so many aspects that are just broken. And you find this because a lot of people do this spiritually. They tend to not want to do the dirty work you know they don't want to do the ugly work so to speak so they want to get into it's it's the typical go to yoga class you know at the gym um you know attend the the um meditation course that you bought on mind valley or wherever you got it from not that i'm i'm dissing mind valley i think they do amazing work um but it's that hype that very well product produced thing that very socially acceptable thing and this very higher than thou kind of concept there's actually an idea in developmental psychology and influence where we find that people and rob green robert green speaks about this as well that people that when they don't understand something they tend to treat it as if they are above it instead of understanding it so in order to defend themselves from that fear of the unknown, it is easier for people to make themselves think that they are better than something or they're somehow above it. And we see this, this philosophy very much in spirituality and magical traditions and in every area of life. You know, people will, for example, right-hand paths will go like, oh no, they're above the left-hand path. They're, they're not into those things. You know, a person that's uh, that doesn't fully understand blood work or sex magic or something like that may say the exact same thing about those. It's common for people to say that about the dark archetypes and working with dark magic. Um, again, simply because they don't understand it, it's a psychological or ego defense thing. 
Now we've got, without going too far off tangent here, let's bring that back to where it makes sense to our point of discussion. Now, if an individual takes on this traditional kind of yogic, spiritual, higher than thou, abstinence kind of path, they tend to put themselves in a place where they're developing these upper chakras. So they start getting this insight, this realization of the fundamental unity of all things. And don't get me wrong, this is absolutely ac accurate. The, your, your capacity to influence spiritual forces, beings, the universe, everything is the result of your psychic rapport or unity with that. Now, again, in the cult, we go in depth in that and how we establish that and how that works. But, you know, just for the sake of our conversation, this is a very important thing to understand. Even in the practice of Huna magic, there are many Hakuhunas that, as part of their practice, actively work at dehypnotizing energies. You know, South Africa, we have the idea of the Tokolos, um, which is a, you know, a common spirit, which is really an elemental force uh, that's practiced by certain of the tribes um, out of Africa and through the country. And all this is, it's not that it's, a that it's a manipulative or an evil force or anything like that. It's just that it's an elemental that can be hypnotized. And if you think about it, what the practitioner does in their rituals is they ascend to the state of godhood. And then they basically speak as divine to this force. Now, in the, the basic principles of hypnotism. The first rule of hypnotism is less about the commands and the patterns and all those things. It's about authority. If the individual perceives you as authority, no matter what that authority is, whether they think you're a medical doctor or they think you're somehow more knowledgeable in a different field, that is authority and has a hypnotic effect on the subconscious mind. So if you are in unity with all things, because love is another form of authority, if you are in love or in unity with all things, you are at a place of authority. So yes, that state is very powerful. It is very influential. It's very magnetic and everything like that. But here's the catch. If you're trying to, the problem is a lot of people do that. They go into these deep meditative practices. They go into these oneness, these unity, this discovering of the divine in these inner realms and these things. And they start recognizing their unity and they come out and they go like, oh, we're all one. Everything's me. And there's, there's a couple of, there's a story that Sadhguru shares and there's a couple that other yogis share as well about the individual that gets this oneness mentality and then goes to a restaurant or goes to a cafe and just takes these things because we're all one, it's all mine, I'm everything and everything's me and then walks out and gets arrested. Um, and that's the funny part about that. That's, I think, the delusion that comes in to a certain degree with this, which is also quite dangerous. There is a specific rule for this breaking down as we get away from the oneness. And this is an important thing to understand. As we get away from this oneness, it starts to break down into time, into space, into, you know, this is again why we attribute going into the dark path. We attribute things like Kali, which again is time and space. We attribute Kronos as a guide that moves into da, to Da'at and the Kabbalah and the Tree of Life. Again, another symbolism of time and space and limitation and separation. And limitation and separation is not only an important alchemical idea, but it's an essential principle of evolution. It's an essential principle of taking this infinite knowingness, this infinite oneness, this God state, and bringing it down into actual experiential models and into reality. It's the key to bring as above, so below, as within, so about. Bring those material labels together. Now, as we bring that energy down, not just up, 
as we bring that energy down, we find that if we take, for example, traditional spiritualism, that it's at the throat chakra where the spirit begins to communicate. However, that's the state of channeling where I'm getting the insight, I'm getting the information. It is not the state where I see them, you know, at an astral or material almost level. It's only when I get down to the solar plexus area, this is where I start getting actual manifestations and materializations. So this is, again, like correlates to what would be referred to as the magical level and the mythical level, you know, beneath that in terms of the social sexual. If I recognize then that each of these components of my infinite quantum self that is, you know, reflected in the Shema Mephiras as the positive empowering ones, and uh, or, or the, the spiritual ones and inside of the Grisha as the more material ones. You know, there's a good concept about what the, an the angelic forces can be defined as the internal or higher perceptions and the daemonic as the external or material perceptions, especially considering that at this fundamental level, if we're coming from that, we're all one, then there is no outside, there is no inside. So the concept of dark is more dark matter and the concept of light is more the inner light. Um, that inner imagination, that inner world, and enlightenment is the unity of both. So in understanding that, I need to recognize this fundamental idea that all the forces, all the powers, everything exists in the quantum field, in the spiritual universe, whatever terminology you want to use. That being said, for me to bring this into being, I need to bring it through each of those stages in order for me to mature that energy in full process with it. And that may be that I have to go through a point of physical study, physical research, physical working, um, physical meditation, physical yoga, then to a stage of physical evocation and conjuring the force, bringing me into my life, whether that is going out and engaging in the sport, the work, the idea, the concept, or whether that is bringing this entity in an evocational, almost religious sense into my workings and into my beings. And this is, again, why that practice for a long period of time has persisted. The problem, however, comes in individuals not maturing or not seeing this thing through and not taking responsibility for that relationship that they have within themselves to the force. And basically saying, you know, I, you know, take the wheel, Jesus, if you will, um, or Satan or whatever you want to choose as your patron of choice. The catch is, this is the sticking point. It's that part where they don't want to take responsibility. Now, I'm not saying that these forces cannot accomplish amazing things. They, they, anyone I think that's ever practiced this to a long, larger extent has evidence in their own life of these forces working those profound things. But it's not just going to start off like that necessarily for you, depending on you know, what your internal matrix looks like. You know, how you develop this internal resonance of your energy system and your own psychology to be in flow for that. You know, for example, you may have done a ritual or done a practice or done a performance at some level where you're bringing, where you look for new love or where you look for new business partners. Okay. And if you happen to have a large social network, it might be quite easy for that spiritual relationship to be facilitated to happen quite spontaneously. But if you're a hermit, Okay, and you don't you don't speak to anybody, and maybe you're really fat. Um, and I'm not saying there's anything bad against fat people, but let's just say you're looking for somebody that's very thin. There's a bit of a contradiction here, and you need to work with those things. You need to collaborate with this dimension of yourself, because the process of unlocking these spiritual forces within you means you change. 
you are the alchemical catalyst to bringing them about. And there is something that's interesting that happens in the progression of the experience. At first, it's almost hallucination. At first, it's almost pure self-hypnosis. And this is the thing where I think a lot of people get stuck. They go like, oh, it's just self-hypnosis. No, 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 no. It's not just self-hypnosis. And here's why that way of thinking is flawed. That way of thinking is flawed because that way of thinking assumes that the range of mind is extended no further than your head. And if that was true, that would be it. Then yes, your self-hypnosis would have been just that, just self-hypnosis. But here's the fact. We understand from quantum mechanics that when we change, when we take the principle of entanglement and we take an atom and we split the atom, one shoots off to the one side of the atom smasher and the other one on the other side, if we affect change in the one, it shows up instantaneously in the other one. This is true even for us because at the moment of the Big Bang, we were all entangled and we are all still entangled. As such, when you change, everything changes. Your psychic subcommunication that you're emitting out into the world that you're broadcasting is changing. And you know, we've called that a million different things from a million different places. And magic is the science of that. That's what magic is at its core. Then we begin to recognize that even though I, if I am everything, or should we rather put it that way, if I am everything and everything is me, then this fundamental transcendent self that we're talking about in magic is not limited to my ego or my id. It's not limited to my personality or my character. Those are components that make up the initial sheaths of this. But the deeper I go beyond the wave particle illusion and I fall beyond the abyss of the self into this quantum self, I get to recognize that what I am fundamentally made out of is the same things that the gods, the angels, the demons, the devi, you know, all of them are made out of. And that means that there's no fundamental duality. There's no fundamental separation between me and the thing. So when I possess or bring in the force, it's that I am bringing in another dimension of myself. Now, let me be clear, the same way, you know, bringing in an unhealthy relationship in your life can be quite destructive for you. It can also be very educational and sometimes necessary. The catch is how strong are you in terms of going through those shifts. So when you're choosing an entity or a force to bring into your life, you need to recognize that. That you have to, you're, if for you to run that maelstrom, for you to run that process, means you have to run the waters all the way through. You can't quit halfway. And many people think they can do that. They can just, you know, do a little bit of this evocation for a period of time and then just ignore it. But the fact of the matter is you're sending, you're, you're activating signals and you're activating processes. If you're having negative thoughts every day, you know, you suddenly getting depression three weeks later, you know, is not just, oh wait, life sucks. It's you consciously inducing that state the whole time. Now the same thing happens at these larger spiritual micro macro levels. As you begin to shift as a result of the meditation and your frequency, you start to invoke or bring in alignment those energies into your life. Now moving into the evocational stage, at first it is hallucination. It is self-hypnosis because it is you sacrificing your ego and your current version of reality to submit to a completely new reality. And there's enough research around what this actually does um, and how powerful this actually is in having physical effects upon matter and upon the world around us and our own bodies. So this is, this is a real thing and it should be dealt with and taken seriously. 
Now, once I move past this, there's a philosophy in spirituality known as talismatic images. It means that when I'm creating something internally with such large focus, as above, so below, it will magnetize to it the corresponding force. So as I start building and facilitating this experience, I do then bring forth the same kind of fourth dimensional entities or beings that I start creating an alignment with. And this is where those components become real. But now for me to take on the attitude that I can just live or work or get my, my, my work through that deity or that force is cute. And lots of people stay in it, but it's not evolution as a magi. You know, it's not our progression as our path. The key is the same as if I look through astrology that I have to look at these components of myself and please do catch the, the conversation with Bill um, around this very same subject and you'll get some real gold gems there from him. But we have to look at these parts of ourselves, cultivate them to maturity and the same thing happens when I work with Spurt and I work with the guides. At first they open up a grander level of possibility and reality. But then once that passes, I can't just stay there. I have to now learn to do these things within myself. And that's why you will find that oftentimes the spirit or the force will tell you, you know, go do this. It gives you an inspiration, a new business idea, a new concept for changes that you need to make. If you're not acting on this, you're creating stagnation and that stagnation is gonna cause you an endless amount of problems. And this is literally the root of disease, you know, within ourselves psychologically, spiritually, and in every other level, because disease means there's a dis-ease in the energy matrix. So if you stop, if you start blocking up, damn walling that internal inspiration that's coming as a result of this process, you're causing a lot of havoc for yourself and it's gonna be ugly. The faster you can do this, and think of this as like spiritual fitness, the faster you can process that energy coming in through you by taking action on it at a massive level, the easier things are gonna be, the greater your faith and your self-assurance is gonna be, and the greater the progress you're gonna make at the faster level. You know, but we don't do that because we have arguments in our head. And these arguments, this is also why that magic myth kind of hits the solar plexus chakra because it's also the power struggle place. And once we start progressing past this, now I get to start recognizing the entity of the force in everyone and everything and as a universal principle, as a, as, as a force in nature of itself. But now as I progress, this is the progression into what we can consider the priesthood. And in the priesthood, so to speak, in these priest-like stages, which is the pluralistic, the, the working, the improving, the thinking about how we're all, again, more personal, the more universal, and the more I gain power over this in myself, I gain power over that in others. This is when I start to unlock the shiddish of the entity of the spirit within my own psyche, within my own being, and that's when I get to move up these stages. This is when I can now just, I don't have to tell people about my magical work or anything like that. I can just release the profound book or the great insight or the great idea, yet I am living it in myself because I've worked through that. And this is again why, you know, working with the positive and the negative aspect of both of these entities or both of these forces is so important because if I'm just looking at the one side of it, I'm not really growing. You know, I'm denying and repressing the shadow and we all know that what you resist persists. So whatever you're repressing is gonna come out. You know, if you're in that relationship and that journey and you're like, you don't wanna think about it ending, it's probably, it's gonna end. I'm sorry, it's just, it's gonna end. Whether, you know, this person leaves you, cheats on you or dies, life is gonna happen. Nothing that is created will be forever and we need to recognize where our attachments are because that is the key idea. Our attachment to things manifesting in a certain way or being a certain way is the thing that keeps us stuck at a certain level. 
It is as soon as we are willing to give up our preconceived commitment to a version of reality that we're able to move to the next reality. And this is the noble sacrifice. This is Odin sacrificing himself on the tree of Yggdrasil for nine days, nine again being the number of man. And this is a core idea and there's something that I want to kind of conclude with or bring us home with. You know, when we speak about this, we kind of, if we look back on what we discussed, we, we, we basically said that, you know, spirit is, is real, um, but it's transcendently real. In other words, it's not necessarily as real as, you know, the microphone I'm speaking into because it's not vibrating and hurt isn't. Yet it is anyone that's ever taken a good psychedelic or, you know, done DMT will come back oftentimes and say that those entities were more real than the other than current reality. You know, so your experience of reality is relative to association. And that's the most important key. Yet your relative degree of association determines, as it determines your experience of perceived reality, it determines your emission point. And it determines what you are magically collapsing the wave into as a particle. And as such, you are a co-creator with the gods, the goddesses, and these intelligences. But because they are part of the collective sphere, these collective unconscious, they can bring insight, information, knowledge, and manifestations that are beyond your current prison. Because you're approaching this from your current ego mind and current ego prison. And these are aspects of this universal unconscious individuals or beings that have moved out of it that operate at a higher level or a different model of reality. And as such can give you a greater sense of liberation and power. Now, the barrier to the success oftentimes for people is, oh, it's evil. It's the devil, you know, the number of the beast. And, you know, we go into that in quite a lot of detail in other areas and something that we're, I'm going to discuss and share in different parts. But I want you to remember this, you know, as we close this, you know, piece in terms of of this knowledge, because what I'm saying is that they are all self, but they are also their own individual. You know, they're both, so to speak. And that is this notion or this fundamental idea that all things are part of this universal or transcendent self. The number of the beast, according to many, is six, six, six. Well, in numerological terms, six plus six is 12 plus six is 18 one plus eight is nine that means the number of the beast is the number nine the secret name of god is known as the shema mephras the 72 fold name well seven plus two is again nine amala has 108 beads one plus eight is nine the goisha contains 72 jinn seven plus two is nine the Odin sacrificed himself on the tree of Yggdrasil for nine days. The runes has 24 runes, yet the Nordic system is 24, is everything times three because it works in trinities. So 24 plus 24 plus 24 is what? Exactly. You can do the math. And the equated final breakdown number again brings us back to the same level. Nine in terms of the tree of life is attributed to Yesod or Gamalil in the fallen aspects, which is related to our sexual sexuality, the moon, the subconscious, the inner self, who you are, where you are is the most important key to your spiritual evolution. This is why the fundamental idea is that magic is not something you do, but magic is something that you are. And within you is an unlimited 
pantheon of gods and goddesses that are not just simple psychological manifestations in the sense of they are not just simply you know projections of your past or your future or fantasies and forces like that and the reason for that is because a part of you is part of a collective unconscious that even young mentioned in his work and many other practitioners worked in that connects all of us to this collective shared consciousness that we have as a species and inside of that dimension is knowledge, information, power, and resources that are endless and boundless. And this exists inside of you now. Ritual is not something you do or learn to do. It's something you do unconsciously anyway. Magic is the study of how to liberate yourself from the rituals that no longer serve you in order to implement and evolve rituals that naturally bring you into alignment with these forces and fixes the relationship you have with it. Because it's only then when you recognize and you start operating at these higher levels, these more integral levels, so to speak, that you do realize that yes, my relationship with my boss or with my business is really my relationship with Jupiter. My relationship you know, with my, with my sexual partners is really my relationship with my moon, my lunar aspect. But that intellectual integral understanding or realization can only be achieved by working through all the stages. Otherwise, you're still going to have misjuncts in the different levels. So your spiritual practice is a part of your parcel, but magic is not just the ceremony. That's one aspect of it. That's the moon, the lunar aspect, which again falls in alignment with the magical, mythical, and the solar, and these other centers. But there's many other aspects, and that is what is worthy of your study, and that is worthy of your practice. I hope you have found today's discussion useful. It's been a long one, and a ton of ideas that's been thrown there at you. So please, if you've got any questions, email me, drop a mail at info at thecult.co.za, and I look forward to speaking to you next week, which will be our final show where it's just me and these ideas. And then we move into some absolutely amazing interviews and a balance. Our schedule will shift up a little bit from there. I look forward to seeing you in the cult uh, or just in our next episode. And if you're on Instagram, you know, find me at Adam Knox or the Witch King as well as on the cult. And I will be happy to answer your question. Have a fantastic day wherever you may be. And remember to subscribe.